welcome to The World Transformed. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. You know, we were talking before we started the show here. I guess Buzzkill Week continues here on The World Transformed, huh? That's, you know, a little bit, but you know what? We always, we can find the silver linings, even though it it looks pretty bad sometimes in outline form. It our shows usually end on an upbeat a little bit. So, oh, we'll end the we'll end the week on an up note, up, upbeat note for sure. Even if we don't manage to pull it off tonight. The show tonight is called "No, You Are Not the Product," and this is following up on a couple of stories over on USA Today. One of them, Stephen, you had recommended a piece by our good friend Glenn Reynolds, writing: "Social media firms want us addicted to approval so much for Wi-Fi, making us smarter." And this is great piece by Glenn because he hailed all the way back to something I remember reading by him back in 2003 when he's yeah. at this pizza joint and Wi-Fi is just becoming the thing and he's saying, hey, this is pretty cool. I can sit here and write for my blog while I have pizza and a beer and the future is going to be awesome because we're all going to be connected all the time and we're going to have access to all this information. And it was a very upbeat, positive, optimistic take on the future so what's happened yeah, and, in the and, meantime? A, and a few years have passed and now he's grumbly about kids on his lawn and uh <laughs> and, he, and he writes this piece right hey you know what Stephen? <laughs> sometimes kids actually are on your lawn okay so, you know, you're, you're always using that like it's not real okay that is an actual yeah, phenomenon okay people have lawns kids get on them sometimes all right so this is <laughs> Uh, when you're my age, you'll understand what I'm talking about here. Okay. So, anyway, um, he, he, he starts out with this. He's got this tweet from a Twitter person named the Stoic Emperor, and I thought this was quite good. Listen to this. Almost all Americans own a smartphone or a computer. Each device contains the Library of Alexandria, the sum total of all world knowledge. You can learn anything. Why don't you? Too busy tracking social status. Too enthralled by imagery your evolution can't resist. So, and he keys off that to talk about what we've been learning maybe over the last four or five years, but in particular over the last couple years about how Facebook and Twitter and other social platforms are manipulating us, how they are getting us to, we've talked about this a little bit before, basically getting us to stay engaged by giving us increasingly shocking, increasingly attention-grabbing content, irrespective of considerations like truth or what's good for you or any of that kind of stuff. It's all focused on – these are basically algorithms that are focused on keeping us on as long as possible. I think YouTube was the one we talked about before, where it just keeps showing you increasingly outrageous videos so that you'll keep watching YouTube, right? And I I feel perfectly comfortable saying this on a YouTube video, that uh, you can stay on our channel as long as you want, folks. You've got nothing to worry about there. It's not even – no algorithms involved. But uh, Glenn says there's there's a company called Dopamine Labs that specializes in making apps more addictive. And the more addictive is a fair way of putting it, given that dopamine hits in the brain are also a key mechanism for addictions to alcohol, drugs, gambling, and the like. So, you know, what do we do when – we're, we're, we're living in an era where the machines that were supposed to free us and make us capable and educate us and, and open up this wonderful word, world for us are manipulating us, right? They're, they, they, they basically turned us into zombies that for, for the next little jolt of pleasure, we'll just we'll keep our eyes transfixed on the screen and we'll keep, we'll keep clicking. What do you think? Well, 
Facebook is a problem for a lot of reasons. And I, I can tell you that we attorneys, I'm just uh, go to the day job for just a second and say that I know that the guys and ladies that practice family law can tell you that Facebook is an element in probably 60 to 70% of divorces. Yeah, it's good to connect with old friends and things like that, but it also means that there are some people, it also means there are people who are never out of your life, right? I'm right. Not completely. There's always some residue of that old girlfriend or you know, old boyfriend or whatever that, uh, that hangs on. So many divorces. There is a huge downside to social media. I would say also that there is a, a level of grumpiness to this particular article that, that Glenn publishes. This, uh, it seems almost a little out of character because uh, Glenn Reynolds is a huge uh, technophile. Now he's just laying out that there's, yeah, there's some problems with this. In the midst of the problems, there are, there's also some good stuff. The book, uh, Everything Bad is Good for You, that kind of breaks down the things that we think are bad for us turn out to actually be good for us. Well, you know, things like television, for example. While we uh, tend to focus in on the, on the negatives that we can easily see, there's some positives that are probably a little harder to see that we miss out on. So I, I don't want to completely jump in and 100% behind the article that Glenn has uh, published here. Well, okay. I, so that's your heroic effort to put a smiley face on stuff, Stephen. But I, I would say also this business that they actually call themselves Dopamine Labs, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, they're begging for regulation. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a little bit like a pharmaceutical company naming themselves after uh, we're Candyland Drug Company or something. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That's not wise. <laughs> you know, to point out that that's exactly what you're doing. You're kind of asking for regulation, and perhaps uh, they deserve it. Definitely, that's where that's where Glenn goes in this article. Is he calls for he calls for regulation, and that may be the answer. I, actually, I'm neutral on the uh, on the issue of what kind of regulation could be put in place and what would what would be effective i have a feeling that things would become tremendously complicated without necessarily addressing the issues if we were to uh, right. if we were to put a regulatory state in place and what, what tends to happen with something like that is the tax it and uh and, <laughs> and then they get addicted to the tax it never really goes away right well, well there's that there's there's also the fact that any regulation they put in place would almost certainly be reactive to what's already happened it'd be like the tsa thing right where you take your shoes yeah. off because somebody tried to bring a shoe bomb on but we're it's not proactive to to what they're going to do next and there will be something coming down the pike for sure in terms of trying to manipulate our behavior because we are such juicy targets, right? I mean, the, the bottom line is they can't resist trying to go after us. And th- that's why this piece that Glenn recommended really got my attention because I keep hearing this. This is, you're not friends with Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg. You are their product. I keep hearing this, you're their product, and I really want to take issue with that, okay? I, I don't think that's true. Let me, let me read a section here. It says, we conveniently forgot or ignored the fact that we are the product Facebook sells. We're not Facebook's customers. We don't pay to use it. We give Facebook tons of data every time we sign on or post or like something, and they make boatloads of money off us. They sell our information to advertisers. The small price we thought we were paying was seeing an annoying ad for a dress bought on style we or shoes from Nordstrom's follow us around for a few months. Well, that is the price we pay for sure. But to say that we're the product, I think, is inaccurate. I don't think we're the product. I think it's worse. We're the cattle, right? This is a dairy farm. And they're milking us for data, right? Um, right. On a dairy farm, you got you got pens, you got fences to keep the cows in. And what do we what do they have to keep us in here? Well, they've got that 
dopamine fix, right? The whole I, I want to I want to get another rush, I want to get another jolt, I want the acceptance, and I want to see what my old girlfriend's up to, right? I mean, some some of those kinds of yeah. some of those kinds of things going on too. So I think when you say when people say you are the product, they're trying to say something really shocking, and I think it's not even far enough, right? Because the product is this thing we produce, and we are effectively being milked or bled or slaughtered or however you want to look at it, right? Plucked to get this thing from us. And that is a very, I will grant you, negative image of social media. But I think that's really where we have to start. I think we have to look at it that way because that is exactly what's going on. They have figured out a way to get, a, to get us to give up as much data as possible so they can sell it. That, that part right. for sure is true. And we go willingly into it, at first because it was fun, and then later maybe because we are a little bit hooked on it. There is this addiction thing happening. And how do we get out of it? It could be that we just need to replace that model, that rather than regulating Facebook, maybe we need a paid-for Facebook. We need for the money to come from someplace else, right? So that rather than making their money off stripping us of our data, trying to squeeze as much data out of us as they can to sell it to the highest bidder, there's some other model of monetizing the whole thing. And I don't know what that would be. And maybe we have to go back to square one and start rethinking the whole system. But that might be more effective even than regulation. As big of a black eye as Facebook has gotten recently regarding politics and what they did both during the uh, last campaign uh, and previous campaigns too, as big of a black eye as they have, here's the problem. They, they are so huge as a, as a network. That you know, let's say some other network got started and said, "Hey, we're we're the uh, we're the un Facebook. We are not going to do this. We're the good guys," and everybody believed them. But still, your old girlfriend's not on that. She's still on Facebook, right? <laughs> the value of a network is in its size and in its right. nodes, right? We're we being the nodes. It seems to me like if the good guys ever show up, they've shown they're, they're too late. Well, sometimes uh, I swear it's like. It's the secret script that I didn't even know I gave you, okay? You set me up so perfectly there because, because the good guys did show up. The good guys are Instagram, and Facebook even owns Instagram, and they don't do most of that with Instagram is my understanding from what I hear. The data scraping thing is a lot less with Instagram, and it is the insurgent, right? It is the, the network that's coming on strong. It's what all the kids use. You yeah. and I, you know, we're, we're too old to, to get it. But by and large, younger people, they don't want to mess with Facebook because it's for old people. It's actually yeah. the up-and-coming network that businesses and then some people from the later generations, or excuse me, the earlier generation, the older generations, put it that way, have kind of been backing their way into. Now, if Zuckerberg can keep it clean, if he can, if he can avoid making the same mistakes with Instagram that he made with Facebook, maybe it takes it over. And maybe eventually he gets the respectability <laughs> well, it, back. It, it depends Facebook. on whether you believe he's actually Dr. Evil or not. Right. I mean, uh, <laughs> That's true. Yes. <laughs> why? Why would Doctor Evil, if he thinks he can make one million dollars, why would he stop with uh, Facebook only uh, and not and not do it also with Instagram? I, somebody was telling me, talking me through this the other night. Uh, that, that's exactly what I said because they were saying, you know, Instagram doesn't do this and they don't do that, and they're very different. And I said, Facebook owns them. What are you talking about? If it's all the same evil empire? And he said, Well, maybe not. <laughs> that maybe they brought the the Instagram culture over along with the along with the technology, and they've been building the network a somewhat different way. We'll see. It's a bit of sunlight on the horizon there. So Perhaps we should end the show there, Bill. We, we promised we'd, we'd end on an up note. Maybe, that, maybe that's it. 
Well, I think that is it. I, I think that Instagram is proof that you can build a big network and it doesn't have to do that. Now, I don't know if they're going to make their money off Instagram. That's the, that's the hard part. So there's challenges that lie ahead. But there are possible solutions. Regulation is one, different methods of monetizing. And yes, as you, as you suggested, bringing in, in a new network is another, is another possibility. So we've got, we've got all these things we have to look at. But my main point for everyone is don't be unhappy that you're a cattle. Most cows are pretty happy out there in the field, right? So I don't know. <laughs> How's that for an upbeat That's ending? Terrible, okay. Phil. That's I'm sorry. I promise. Stick with us, folks. On Friday, we're going to have a really fun show about going to Mars, okay? So it's not going to be like this. Buzzkill weekends right here. Okay. All right. Well, great talking with you, Stephen. Great having you all with us. We will be back with a brand new show on Friday. And until next time, live to see it.